between my legs, between my legs, go. The squirrel was like running between the legs and then try and flip the squirrel. Somatic sexologist Morgan Penn is back with Hayley Sproul for a new season of Sex.Life. So more and more little pets started appearing and some horses for the pony play. Sex.Life, a new episode every Wednesday. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Wild Secrets. Live from the Export Beer Garden Studios, this is the Agenda World Cup Special. The Agenda, an alternative commentary collective podcast. G'day there, welcome along to the Agenda. This is a special FIFA World Cup special with James McConey and myself, and you've you got a contact over there, James. You got a, you got someone oh, over there we can talk to. Absolutely, I thought I had FIFA fever, but um, Quinn Lammers, who uh, writes for Stuff and other papers and has basically been to six or seven World Cups. He's over there and he's just finished watching the semi-final where Morocco went down to France. Oh, okay. Quinn, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Just on a, I'm just on the bus with a bunch of Moroccan fans uh, back into town from Al Bay Stadium, which is in the middle of nowhere in the desert. Oh, God. Are they so still, it's all are, good. Are they still whistling? No, no. They, uh, I think they're, they're very quiet. Very, very quiet. There's a few fringes on, uh, on board. It's, uh, yeah, the, the majority is very dejected. Hey, Quinn, you've been over uh, for the entire tournament, and I know we wanted the All-Whites to be there, but your Dutchmen were there. Um, for you, how would you rate the tournament? What sort of time have you had? Yeah, I've had a pretty good time, actually. You really, it was really good. The tournament itself was really good. You're having everything close, it's different. I mean, I didn't think I was going to like it, but um, uh, having everything close and everything in one city for starters, you don't have to pack your bag every every second day and get on a train or a plane or a, or a metro. You know, to move halfway across the country and then set up again and then move again. So that's that, that's been amazing. Um, so you uh, you're able to actually keep catching up with people. You bump into the same people, the the teams, the the journalists, and, and also just random people that you meet. Uh, and obviously the opportunity to do more than one game in a day that is just mind blowing. But for me, that really did take away today. I think it was my 23rd game that I went to. Oof. But yeah, you know, after, after after a while, it all does become a bit of a blur. I mean, it is a, a massive first world problem, obviously, and you can't bitch about it. But, um, <laughs> but you know, if you ask me, you know, um, can you remember, uh, you know, South Korea against Portugal? Now, I really have to scratch my head and look at my notes to, you know, to, uh, to remember what actually happened. Sorry, mate, you must be really, really sick of that FIFA anthem they play before every match. You know, that yeah, punishing anthem. Yeah, yeah, it's the same, yeah. it's the same, it's the same, same, same. But, uh, I mean, that's so different, you know, from any World Cup. I'm only what I'm really annoyed about is that they scratched bloody Thunderstruck. You know, Thunderstruck oh. was my uh, that's my go-to song. It's been it's been because they have like five songs that they play in the lead-up to build up to a game, yes, and they I've they change songs around whether you're, whether you're in Brazil or in you know or in the, in the, in uh, Russia. There's always different songs that mix it up. But Thunderstruck was always there. It was always the, the second to last one. And uh, I've heard from a FIFA guy that um, actually they talked about having they decided that Thunderstruck was actually going to be the walkout song. Oh. Apparently, uh, then some uh, um, some some uh, Qatari who speaks really good English or who speaks really good Australian picked up on that. Some of the lyrics might be slightly contrary to what the values in Qatar. Oh, shaking at the knees. Might, Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, you know, you know. I know it. And, I know uh, it. Said, that might not be such a good idea in Qatar. So suddenly, um, Thunderstruck sort of pushed back, and you know, if you're in the stadium like two hours before the game, then you're 
and it might still roll along. They've got a couple of other ACDC songs they've got in their repertoire. Mm. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm waiting for the next World Cup for Thunderstruck to come back, and I'll bet you in the US it will be back. Okay, well, Quinn, um, I just want to ask you about uh, Qatar and the criticism they faced and over all that sort of stuff, whether it's um, the beer, the homophobia. Have you felt like um, it's that they've... Uh, you know what's been the response, I guess, and and for and for people who've tried to wear, you know, the rainbow stuff and tried to make a stand. How have they been greeted? Well, personally, personally, haven't really uh, seen much of uh, people getting challenged or getting asked to take stuff out. Or you know, what well, what I've noticed here is more security, and it has relaxed a little bit. The first couple of weeks, the first week, security was just insane. It reminded me like the uh, of the Beijing Olympics, where the Chinese security was just so overzealous. You know, the most used phrase in Qatar is "not allowed, not allowed." So at one stage, I had to uh, had to unpack my bag four times because I had too many pins in my bag, and they thought it was very suspicious. Nobody has in uh, 2022 has six pins in their bag. <laughs> and I was a bit old school. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. FIFA, you know, nipped a few in the, in the butt with uh, you know, obviously with the armbands with the captains. So they put their foot down in uh, in, uh, in all the European countries' budget straight away, which I, I felt was quite surprising. We know uh, there's been a few journalists, a few others who were wearing rainbow colours, so either in a hat or in a, as a shirt, and they were asked to uh, you know, to remove it. Um, but quite often, those situations that what I've heard of from other fans and um, and journalists, they you know quite often wear overzealous guards at the gate, and then quite often they would just let them go anyway. And we'd be, a bit, we'd be a bit of a fuss about it, but and I think at times some some of the people obviously yeah, chose to make a statement. Whenever the, the security jumped on them, they really made a big song and dance about it. So I think at times it has been maybe a little bit overreported as far as how big it actually was. Um, I had some Australian yes. friends who were over there, and they said that it was massively overhyped around access to beer. They got slammed every night uh, in the fan zones. They were sending me pictures of them drinking steins. Uh, of beer. Yep. I mean, how much was yep. that blowing up? Obviously, I mean, they don't have beers in the stadiums, but they don't have beer in stadiums in the EPL uh, and no, half the leagues around don't, the world. Don't, don't, there's, only, there's, there's only very few places where, uh, where you get beers in the stadium. The thing was, and in, in, in it's, it's been really interesting, is that I think it's a complete, uh, it was a really, really uh, massive PR faux pas from the, from the Qataris. And I think they almost tried to make a statement because they did it at the last minute. I think it was a Qatari statement to the FIFA to say, this, you know, we just um, just want to remind you that we're running this country. Yeah, we, you. we bought this World and, Cup uh, and we'll do what we want with it. <laughs> yeah, FIFA, FIFA thought they had a deal and, uh, you know, and put them in a, obviously them in a really hard place with their deals with, with Budweiser. Uh, but you're right. I mean, in most places in the world, I was talking to a couple, it's quite funny, in the first few days I was uh, having a beer with a couple of Norwegians and... Uh, they, they, they couldn't understand what all the fuss was about. I said, well, we can't find beer, beer in the stadiums in Norway. Yeah. And the beer is actually quite cheap here. They thought the beer was quite cheap. <laughs> yeah, bloody Norwegians. Uh, the, the taxes, <laughs> eh? They have to cross the border to get stuff. I know. They go on the boat to Lithuania and then print all the way there and all yeah. the way back, you know? Hey, are you all set for the, for the final? Yeah, Quinn. Come Sunday, you got, yeah. your, you got yeah. your media pass. Yeah. What's, your, what's your predictions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. What happens is... You put in for your media pass once the teams are known, so that's yeah. probably now the, the gate will open up, and then they uh, you are allowed to put your name in in the ballot for up to 48 hours, and then at 48 hours they send the emails out to the people say, "Yep, yeah, you got a ticket, you got a ticket," and everyone else who doesn't get a ticket has to go because obviously there's yeah you know, there's 10,000 uh, journalists here, and there's about I think what I heard at Lucelle they're going to expand the media box to about 1,200 I think. 
So one in ten gets a ticket, oh. and uh, and then all, and then all the fun and games start. In the olden days, in the olden days, because this is my sixth World Cup, you know, when you got to know the guy in the media centre, and I knew, you know, after a few yeah. World Cups, I know these guys quite well. There was always a draw. There was always some Italian guy who had an inside pocket had three or four tickets hiding. Or was a, you know, the Japanese guy that he yeah. had beers with uh, four years ago. He'd have, you know, he'd have a few somewhere. But those days have got well and truly gone because now what happens is it's all, you know, the Qataris have really ramped it up as far as the technology as well. You, you, um, you've got to go, you, know, you, used to, you have to be at the venue two hours before. And then what you do is you, there's a chip in your accreditation and you, you, you put your chip in your accreditation against this print machine and then it says yes you've got a you've got a, a seat and it prints out your seat at the stadium so you, there's no hustling there's no right. deals there's no more because in the olden days whatever was had a waiting list and there was still like you know people hadn't shown up or whatever and there used to be this big pack of and some poor person from fifa was standing in front of a desk with you know quite often you know 500 angry south americans and, and a lot of photographers basically trying to bash the crap out of them and uh, it was it was horrible you know they used to call it the big scrum, and so the big scrum has disappeared. I used to always find it really entertaining, you know, watching the big scrum, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the dance of the desperate, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, you've flown, flown halfway across the world from New Zealand to get a ticket. I mean, I've been, the dance, I've been in the dance of the desperate quite a few times myself, but um, what some of the guys were doing, you know, uh, was just, you know, the, the pushing and shoving was just horrific, so I, I can understand why FIFA's nipped that in the butt. Yeah, well, um, Quinn, but well, yeah, hopefully, but because I'm, but because I'm the only one here from Oceania, and the only one here from, yeah, and the FIFA is now trying to spread it around a little bit. There's, I, I'm pretty hopeful I'm going to get a get a seat. Nice. I oh, well, hope you do get to the to the game, Quinn. I'll be looking out for you. And obviously, back in the day, you could have, you know, you had to suck a lot of dicks to get those tickets. But now you can't really do that in Qatar. <laughs> they won't let you do it. So, um, um, I tell you what, uh, Quinn, great to have you on the show, mate, and um, and all the best for the final. Okay, all good, all good. Cheers, thanks Cheers. so much. See you, mate. Take care. Thanks a lot. Cheers, well, Obviously talking about the second decks figuratively because, I mean, that's oh, what yeah. we do. We, we, yeah. I mean, you, you think about the ACC. We have... We're sucking dicks all the time. All the time. Yeah, just to constantly get, sucking dicks. Yeah, and the thing is, like, we're not quite sure whose it is, but we're just like, okay, there's a dick to be sucked and we have to do it. And that's, that's how you kind of get ahead, so to speak, in the media. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Quinn. That was um, awesome, and we really appreciate what you do, don't we, G-Lane? Absolutely. And uh, final 4 a.m. on Monday morning. Watch along with the ACC as well. It's France versus Argentina. Yeah. You've been listening to the ACC's Agenda podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's episode of Between Two Beers, we hear Megan Compain's remarkable journey from Basketball Hall of Famer to All Blacks commercial manager and all the best stories in between. And and Michael Jordan was basically walking down the hallway getting held up by two of his, you know, people and he was done. And that was the game where he hit the winning buzz of a shot and took it back to game six where I think they won in, in Chicago. So we sort of crossed in the in the hallway, and it was just sort of one of those whoa. Like if I was on, you know, back at, if it was now, you'd be snapping away like yeah. social media. Between two beers, listen on iHeartRadio or anywhere you get your podcasts.